Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. Subtain Raza, welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So happy to have you on today. Thank you for having me. From the pre-show, uh, we've got lots of interesting stuff <laughs> that we, lots of interesting directions we can go. And we really don't, between the two of us, know exactly where it's going to go today, other than we're going to have a very spirited, fun conversation around, always. Uh, always around probably more, I would, I would almost categorize it as passion, people's passion and interests. You're a comedian, you're a real estate investor. You said you were a PI in a former, you know, when you were younger, you've had a very diverse background, but let's actually start with the background that started before you came to the United States. So you were actually not born in the state. Correct. I was born in Pakistan, a student ish. I would always be second in my class. Never could quite reach the top, but I was also not trying. I was very athletic growing up. I played a lot of cricket. I probably could have gone pro if my family had, you know, helped me pursue it. Because oh, wow. I, I could, I can only do so much at age 11, 12. Um, right. And back then I didn't know what to do or to go or anything. So, but I was in Pakistan up until I was 12. And then I moved here at 12. And I was, a, I lived in Chicago for a year and my family and I couldn't handle the cold. So we moved to Dallas and we've been in the same damn zip code for the past 23, 24 years. Oh, wow. So you've been there. Wow. Well, I was telling you before we got started that I, I know I've never had a comedian on and mm -hmm. I don't believe I've, I've had people from all over the world, but I don't think I've had anybody from Pakistan. So even though you're not in Pakistan, I'm going to check that off my list that I talked to somebody from, from Pakistan on the show. I've been to India several times, but I've not ever uh -huh. been to Pakistan. So in the spirit of, so this is Bright Vibe. We like to bring Bright Vibes into the world, but also mm -hmm. my curiosity gets the best of me. Since I have never been to Pakistan, how would you describe Pakistan? Well, I will say this. I haven't been there in 20 years almost. Got it. Last time I was there was 05. Okay. Um, and I remember this. It was July 28th because that's the day Eminem was last here. In uh -huh. Dallas that I mm -hmm. could remember with D12, and I was a huge Eminem fan. I still am <laughs> a huge Eminem fan. It was right. July 28th. I had a roll of $163 rolled up for the tickets in like one of my piggy banks. Uh -huh. And I was like, that's the money I'm going to use to go to. So uh, that was the last time I went to Pakistan. So it's mm -hmm. from what I hear and what I've seen, it's changed quite a bit. It's mm -hmm. advanced, but also it's changed in the sense. Um, it's obviously progressed quite a bit, but also the poverty level has also risen. So it's really kind of, it's kind of, well, if you're rich, you're getting richer. And if you're poor, you're getting poorer. Wow. Right. Um, 
So, so when I left Pakistan, I think one dollar was a uh, hundred rupees, maybe eighty, ninety rupees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now it's a dollar is about three hundred and twenty-eight rupees. Oh wow! Yeah, so, so the economy it, is really yeah, suffering. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, again, for but for seven bucks, you can get four burgers, a giant pizza, <laughs> and, and and like five hot dogs. Like right, no lie, right. I'm actually planning a trip there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some folks who are interested in me flying me out there and doing a show oh, there, but again, oh, nice. these aren't, so we'll just see how that goes. But as far as like cultural aspect, like they're still very family oriented. They're mm-hmm. also, it's a very Muslim country. So they're very family oriented. They're very, uh, cultural. The family comes first before anything outside of family. Mm. So there's not like, Hey, you're 18, get the hell out of my house. Right. There's mm. none of that. There's right. more, it's more, Hey. You're 18, actually, you're 15. Let me show you how the business works. Because usually, actually, my dad complains about this right now. He's like, I, if we were in Pakistan, I would have been retired at 50 and I'm still working and I'm 65 and you're not, you're just a comedian and you're not this and that. <laughs> I do firmly believe that you, the day you start dying is the day you stop working. Yeah, the, at least being active, right? You got to have some purpose for living. I mean, there's studies around that. In fact, the Blue Zone. Dan Butner was on the show and, you know, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about longevity and that, and that's a big part of it. You have to feel that you're contributing. And a lot of people, when they retire, you know, they really struggle and, and, you know, a lot of times their health does decline because of that. But so what was the impetus for you moving or your family mm-hmm. moving from Pakistan to the States? So it's kind of crazy. Um, there was a lottery system in Pakistan and that was the last year that my family won. The lottery system, basically, you fill out your application and mm-hmm. you send it in. And then the, I, I don't know if the U.S. Embassy or the Pakistani Embassy in congruency, mm-hmm. somehow, some way, you, you basically get your name drawn. And you, right. with that lottery system comes, obviously, uh, six mu- in six months, you get green card. and three years, you get uh, U.S. citizenship. Wow. So that's a great yeah. lottery ticket. So I think for so many of us who grew up here in the States and I love immigration stories, love, love, love immigration stories, because I'm like, you know, I know I've had it easy in comparison to most immigrants, Mm -hmm. especially people that come in with very little to no money. And then you, you know, they become doctors, they become lawyers, they become entertainers, you know, whatever the case is. And I'm always just like, that's phenomenal. I I mean, I'm just really like in awe of people that come from other countries here. And literally, I think for so many of us born in the States, we kind of lose sight of that we are the, the, the reward for most of other countries. We are the win. When you win, if you get to come mm-hmm. to the United States and when we're born here, we just so much take for granted the oh, fact yeah. that all of the opportunities, because anytime I'm anywhere that I'm talking to somebody who's an immigrant, I'm always like, now, why'd you come to this? Yeah. And, and they always have these stories of like there weren't enough jobs, poverty, all, all not weren't enough opportunities, all these things. Mm-hmm. When they came to the States, that was like, you know, that was winning the lottery, literally for, I yep. mean, and a lot of times financially winning the lottery, if you get to move oh, to yeah. the United States, you can get jobs that pay. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of also kind of funny because we were actually planning on moving to Dubai. Uh huh. And I think we were two weeks away from moving to Dubai. We had gotten tickets and everything. And then in comes the mail and it's my uncle calls my dad because he opened, people open everybody's mail. Like, <laughs> it's all family. We'll right. just like. You, right. you, you may have a season to say, so like, ah, what is this? Let's, <laughs> let's open up to what's going on. Yeah. Just, let's get in people's business. Mm-hmm. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. However, my, my uncle calls my dad and he goes, Hey, you still want to go to Dubai or you want to go to America? And my dad's like, what? He's like, you just won the lottery. Wow. And, my, and then, so we canceled the Dubai plan. 
packed up everything and you don't know anybody here, right? So right. Like, we, literally, had, you didn't have any family or anything here? Nobody. Nobody. Wow. We found friends of friends of friends who uh-huh. like co-signed an apartment. They were so nice. They co-signed oh, an apartment oh. for us mm-hmm. and everything. And then my dad came here. And then a month later, me, my mom, my dad, uh, my brother, sister, and my grandma. Mm-hmm. So we all lived in one bedroom apartment, six of us. I love these stories. <laughs> I love these uh, stories. Right? Yeah. Some, and it's Chicago. So there's sometimes, it's one of those... Uh, ACs on the floor. Uh, okay. I, I don't know what they're called, but oh, you know, the ACs P- on the. Like, like a PTAC unit or something where it's just blowing. It's just the unit. Yeah. I, I think I know what you mean. Yes. Right. Or at least the vent is there. I don't know where yeah. the AC. I oh, okay. AC, that AC had controllers. I think the apartment building ran the AC controllers. Oh, I don't gotcha. remember. Gotcha. Yeah. But sometimes there would be rats cuddling with us. Oh. It was a good time. Uh, right. My dad would work at a gas station across the street for $5 an hour or something. Right. And then he got another job at some clothing store and he would take three trains or whatever to get to the other store. So he was working two jobs at five bucks an hour or something. Wow. Uh, Gas was, I think, 70 cents a gallon at the time. Right. And then we stayed there for a year and we're like, we can't take this. And then we moved here and another family friend of a friend helped us to move here, co-sign apartment for us and everything. And we're still to this day, we're like very close friends with them. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So, and so what, what was that? I mean, so you're, you're 12, 13, you're old enough to remember things, right? From mm-hmm. that country and this country. So I guess what was your experience immigrating and coming into this culture from your culture? One, did you already speak English or did you have to learn English? Yes. My English was, I would say, probably quarter of what I'm speaking oh, right okay. now. My English came from watching Batman and Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. (laughs) Okay. Right. right. So it was very, uh, I understood it, but I couldn't like have a conversation like I'm having right now and able to articulate better. So it was good enough to get by. Got it. And then you took, it sounds like a fairly unconventional route. So, you know, of the things that you've said that you've done from personal trainer to PI to real estate investor to comedian, none of those come with a W-2 like job. Right. So all of these things, for the most part, sound like that you're working either for yourself, well, for yourself, pretty much. So we moved here. My family still has the same mindset, family, 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 which I 100% agree with. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. I'm all for family. Sometimes, though, nobody holds you back more than family. So (laughs) Even even right now, I struggle with keeping Uh the balance with just family time and uh, doing what I do like doing comedy and flying mm-hmm. and touring the country all the time. So I still struggle with that a lot. That being said, so when I was in college, I used to, I, I don't know if you remember Fry's Electronics. I don't. No. Okay. It was a Best Buy on steroids. Hmm. Um, I worked there, then I went into real estate and then I went to Remax. I was an intern there. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated, I started my own business, uh, dealing with herbal, importing, exporting herbal health and beauty products. Okay. And that was actually my uncle's company. I expended it over here. I grew it over ah. here with, within two, three years. I mean, I think we're doing like a million, two in sales or mm. something. I mean, nice. and when I say we, I mean, it was just a solo show. I'm all about efficiency. So I made my life so efficient. I was probably working the first six, seven months. I was working probably 80, 90 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And after that, I made it so efficient. I was probably working 80 to 90 hours a month. Right. Mm-hmm. And doing 30, 40, 50,000 in sales. Right. Yep. 
and then I went back to real estate because it's a family business. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. Right. It was uh, a lot more was expected of me and mm. I don't like being told what to do. Got it. And I was like, so I went back to real estate as a marketing manager for Remax. Mm -hmm. I was working $15 an hour. And I said, mm -hmm. this is, this is pathetic. Mm -hmm. However, I need this job. Oh, and I, and I was doing taxes it was mm, during right. tax seasons because right. it's the easiest money you can make, honestly. Right. So I was doing this and I'm like, I'm only making $15 an hour, but I saved up enough to make sure I have enough for a down payment to get a house for my family. Because our apartment rent was 1400 at the time. Right. For two, for two bedrooms, still five, six of us living there or right. no, five of us living there. My grandma had passed at that time. And so I was like, okay. And our mortgage payment was coming out to thousand dollars a month. So mm -hmm. I said, let me just get my family a house. So I put a down payment on the house and everything. And that's how I kind of got them their house. And after that, I'm like, $15 an hour suck. <laughs> really sucks. And, uh, and in the, in congruency, I have already started stand up, but when you're starting stand up, there's. No money, Zero right? money. Right. You're basically hemorrhaging money out of pocket. You're right. standing in long lines and waiting two, three, four hours a night for just three to five minutes. Wow. To practice a joke. Wow. I didn't book my first show until two, three years in, really. Wow. Um, that first show taught me a lot because the lady said, I'll give you 10 minutes. I said, okay, great. I'll give you a hundred dollars. And I'm like over the moon. I get there. She cuts my time down to four minutes and only gives me $40. No. <laughs> She only gives me $20. Oh, wow. Wow. And I was just like, oh, man, I should have expected that, I guess. But it, again, I killed that show and everything. And so I started getting bookings a little bit more over there. Mm -hmm. But because I was making $15 an hour, I, I'll tell you one of the reasons I really want to be a household name and do comedy is because one, I get to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Two, how much will I max out at working at a corporate job? Right. Maybe 500,000. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Maybe, yep. maybe. If it's, if, a, if it's a good job, if it's a great job, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, so what on earth I've not, again, ever really talked to a professional comedian, somebody who does this for a living, but what on earth possessed you to want to become a comedian? I was always the class clown. I always knew I was funny. No. I always wanted to be in a sitcom because that's all I would watch, right? Like no. friends okay, right. or sitcoms in Pakistan. Um, I'm just like, you know, when you see something and you're like that, I want that. Mm -hmm. I like that. This is it for me. Of course, I wasn't very encouraged by my family to do it. Even now I'm not encouraged. However, I'm like, that's what I want to do. But I didn't know the first thing about going and pursuing or anything. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be really in sitcom. And I came to America. Things are the way they are. I think it 18 or 19 years old, I was in an AOL chat room. And this is kind of how I discovered stand-up comedy because I was in an AOL chat room and I was talking to this girl and I said something funny and she goes, ha ha ha, Dane Cook says that. And I'm like, and it's good to hear that you're a Dane Cook fan. I love Dane Cook. And back then, I'm sure you know, Dane, yep. every girl was right, right, crazy yeah, yeah. about he, Dane He Cook. played all the campuses. I remember that. Yeah. Right. And I have no idea who Dane is. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I was like, oh, he must be some celebrity, whatever, you know, I'll right. be a celebrity someday. That's what I think it thought in my head. Mm -hmm. And then a uh, couple of days, another, another two, three days go by and I say something and she goes, oh yeah, Dane Cook says that you love quoting Dane Cook. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I look up Dane Cook and that night I watched everything. I was up till six in the morning watching all of Dane Cook. Right. That, was that was available on YouTube and MySpace. Right. I yeah, watched yeah, yeah. all of it. And I was like. That I want to do that. I think I want to do that more than sitcom. 
Wow. And then it, it really clicked. It's like, yeah, it's there, but it's like something's missing, right? Like sitcom, mm -hmm. it's all there, but yeah, something's missing. And uh, maybe it plays into my narcissism a little bit, but I was like, I like being the only one on stage. Right, and, right, yeah. And yeah, you get the live so, feedback, right? You're getting, yes. it's not like a sitcom where you're recording mm -hmm. behind cameras. You're interacting with an right. audience, right? Exactly, That's yes. Then I was like, okay, I don't know how to do this. And of course, a few weeks later, I was in Canada and my cousin was, he goes, oh, yeah, Russell Peter has a joke about that or something. I was like, who the hell is Russell Peters? And I started looking at Russell Peters and it's like, this Indian guy keeps popping up. And I was like, that's not an Indian name. <laughs> so next morning I told my cousin, I said, hey, dude, I keep looking up Russell Peters and this Indian guy keeps showing up. He's like, yeah, that's it. And then I watched all of Russell Peters <laughs> the rest of the night. And then I was like, all right, uh, one brown man can do it. I'm sure I can do it. Nice. So, so, so how long have you been doing comedy then? So now we're, I'm a decade in. Are you really? Uh, yes. It took me about eight, nine years to start finally getting paid where I can. Wow. I, I quit my high six figures career to just do this now because I'm doing well enough. Let's put it that way. Got it. Wow. That, okay. Now that's dedication to something that's kind of, it's not like you, you're going to the college for eight years and then you're going to get out and be a doctor or you're going, you know, a oh. lawyer or even finance, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. like at the end of this road, you, you get mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. It's more like at the end of this road, you may get pupkas. You may get nothing. You, 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 you may end up right with zero, right. zero right. job and zero anything. Mm -hmm. I've always been uh, keen on having foresight on what is possible and what's not possible. And I looked at some stats. It was like 0.024% chance of you becoming famous or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's a challenge I'm willing to take on. However, I gave myself 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I said from, so I started 26, 27, because mm -hmm. uh, that's how long it took. I had to, so I had to make sure my family was taken care of and I had backup plan if something fails. Right. So I had to make sure of all of that. So I did that. And again, I didn't know how to pursue it. I found a way to pursue it. Uh, you know, which is going to open mics and doing all that stuff. Th th throw me something then. Throw me since so people are being so kind to listen to our podcast and we're just uh -huh. kind of talking about different things there. So what's a, a bit that you really, really like uh, that would be pertinent to what we've been talking about? Oh, so actually I have my book over here. And it, so I leave, I, I even got a new board over here. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Uh, I got a new board. So I just leave stuff hanging on the wall and I'm like, I'll be walking by or there'll be a punchline on a sticky note or something. And it kind of just comes to me. So I have the thing over here where I just started doing this show a couple months ago and I think it can still be better, but it's basically, I moved here from Pakistan when I was 12 and it's a typical rags to riches story. You know, we didn't know anybody. My dad didn't have a job. And he only had $185,000 in his pocket. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I really, we moved here in 1999, right? In 2001, yeah. somebody screwed it up for everybody, yeah. probably my uncle. <laughs> I really, actually, I, I, really like I really hated going to school because my mom would actually make me wear this shirt that said, God bless America. Uh -huh. So people wouldn't pick on me. I'm like, mom, it says made in Pakistan. <laughs> it's all a true story. All Is a true that a, story. I love it. I yeah. Love it. So I would have to wear, the, and we because we couldn't afford a whole lot of shirts, I would wear the same shirt pretty much every other day or not every day. It's like, and my mom would wash it and make me wear it again the next day. She's like, no, just wear this. It's like, people will not pick on you. It was like, everybody picks on me because I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> the same shirt. I love it. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. 
so one, uh, just kudos to you for kind of living your passion and pursuing your passion. I mean, I currently I'm reading a couple different books and they really mm -hmm. talk about this is the life we have. And if we want something, then we have to be, we have to initiate, you know, what we want. So, you know, recently our, our family moved a thousand miles across the country because it wasn't an environment that I thought was going to get the results that I wanted for the rest of my life. So I was like, well, then yeah. we got to, you know, and, and for me, pulling up stakes was a pretty big deal because I'd always lived in Kansas my whole life, had businesses there, had associates mm -hmm. there, had my whole life was there. I didn't know anybody where we moved to um, Asheville, North Carolina, or not very many people, a couple. I think COVID has definitely magnified, you know, what are you doing with your life, right? How are you helping people? How are you impacting lives? How are you, mm -hmm. how are you making a difference in the world? And, and, and your world could be your kids, your spouse, your friends. I mean, your world doesn't have to be the world. It can be the, you know, the community right. of people you're in. What is that for you in comedy, right? What about comedy feeds your soul? I'm assuming it's not just the narcissistic tendencies you talked about. Honestly, what's better than making people laugh? Right. Yep. And I will say this. A lot of comedians are known to be depressed and uh -huh. very socially awkward. Okay, I am a little social. but that being said, uh, I'm not depressed. I do it because I have a, such a good life. I'll tell you this story. And this story is probably my favorite story in mm -hmm. the recent days. Mm -hmm. I saw a lady struggling and you know, like sometimes people will just say, Hey, can you please pray for me and stuff? And mm -hmm. it's like, okay. And then they'll just kind of, Hey, can you please pray for me? And they'll just disappear. Like, what do you, what do you want me to pray for? Right. And I don't know, but I'll say this. I was like, I know my life is so amazing. I've made my life so amazing. So I will pray and I'm, I'm Muslim. So like, I, I will pray like five times a day, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. I will pray that they get a hundred times better life than I. Oh, nice. Cause like my life runs efficient. I have zero complaints. There are zero days I wake up sad. Mm. And that's the life I've made. I've chose to make for myself. Right. So when it comes to comedy, I'm like, okay, I've had an amazing life, but you can't have an amazing life with a little bit of hiccups here and there, or mm -hmm. having some crazy thoughts in your head and crazy can go two ways. It's like, okay, you're, here's a murderous guy, or right. you could be a, a comedian who can take the crazy, mm -hmm. turn it into funny. And mm -hmm. now a whole room of full of people are laughing at your mm -hmm. jokes, mm -hmm. right? So it's very fulfilling. I mean, look, if you're down, if you're like, God forbid you're suicidal or whatever, but if somebody told you a joke that resonated with you, mm -hmm. you will laugh and you're going right. to feel better and it's going to release oxytocin or whatever mm -hmm. brain chemicals. And you're going to like, give it a second thought. Mm -hmm. And I have talked to people off the ledge figuratively. I mean, I don't know what, what's more fulfilling than that other than motherhood. Right. Well, and you're probably not going to experience that anytime soon. Uh, uh Hopefully never. It looks very safe. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, what's next for you? What's next on your kind of what, what are you working on now, I guess? Or what are, what are you aspiring to do? You brought up COVID. I had finished my movie script about mm -hmm. a Pakistani spy. There's no Pakistani spy stories. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. So I've, I'm working on that script right now. So what I'm doing next is I'm hoping to figure out how to pitch this script but I guess there's a writer strike right now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. But continue to pursue comedy. And so I lived in New York from 2018 to 2020. Okay. And America's Got Talent producer was there. And she saw me at some show. And she messaged me on Instagram. So I'm also working with her. So we'll see what happens. Nice. 
Nice. Well, cool, yeah. cool, cool stuff on Horizon. How do people, um, cause I know you do from looking at the website and doing some research, you do corporate gigs. So you go in and if people want to book you to come do a corporate gig mm -hmm. or just want to visit with you about, you know, maybe doing something with the, on, on the corporate side, kind of mm -hmm. how do they, what's website, social media, how do people get a hold of you? So my website is legendofsib.com. Okay. My Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok, it's all Legend of Sib. But most of my gigs come from uh, this website called Gig Salad. Gig Salad, never heard of it. Gig Salad, yeah. It's, I hadn't either. I signed up for it during COVID because mm -hmm. I wasn't getting anything. Right. I was like, you know what? Let me just kind of get my foot in and see what happens once COVID dies down after four months. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. So I signed up around March. And actually, COVID is the reason why I started getting so many bookings. You know, Texas was closed for about six hours. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was, was in Kansas. I understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Right. So Texas was closed for about six hours and they were like, you know what? Screw this. We're going to start doing shows in our backyard and stuff. So right. then I started doing backyard shows and, I, you know, just like doing a show 20 minutes for a hundred bucks here, 200 bucks mm -hmm. here. And I was like, Hey, I will give you a steep discount. I'll do it for free. Just leave me a badass review. Mm, gotcha. And then corporate started booking me. And again, I didn't know how to charge them properly. So I kind of undersold myself a little bit, but now 85% of my income comes from corporate shows. Oh, wow. So I do a lot of corporate shows. Like I've done shows for Remax, uh, Nationwide Insurance. Some of them I can't mention. Uh, Applebee's, CeCe's Pizza, if you're familiar with any of mm -hmm. that. Yep. So Sonic, drive through. Mm -hmm. So it's been a good ride. It, yeah, and I work clean. A lot of comedians mm -hmm. will go up there and say, oh, let me talk about my genitals and let me talk about my X, Y, Z. And mm -hmm. I'm like, corporate doesn't want that. You no, gotta, you gotta right. work clean. And then I also do clubs as well across the country, uh, but they typically don't pay very well. However, you can beat the experience. Right, 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 right. Yep. That's your kind of your testing ground, right? I know like, you know, like a Seinfeld or a Dave Chappelle or something, right? Mm -hmm. These guys tour at clubs to refine mm -hmm. and hone their stuff for the yes. comedies, for the HBO or the Netflix or whatever comedy exactly. specials, right? That's kind of the, you, you go try yeah. out your material and see what lands, right? Exactly. Yes. So yeah. no new stuff at corporate events. No, they're paying very good money to, you know, make sure they are entertained. I'm not about to go try new stuff over there. Uh, but what yeah. I've seen the rise of in corporate world is making or roasting your bosses. Oh, well. Wow. Like the CEO or mm -hmm. the vice president or the regional director, whatever they want you to, obviously nothing disrespectful. Right, right, right. I will go in there. I will personalize a lot of jokes towards them. The employees love it, right? Because they don't have to. <laughs> and right. here's the other, here's the other right. thing. The employees get in on, hey, tell him this, tell him that. Right, so right, right, right. So I'll write everything down and it just, it, it's awesome. It's so fulfilling. Employees have fun. It also shows that, your bosses and CEOs and everybody's just a human, just like you. They right. also work hard and people think just because they're making a lot of money, they're just working 40 hours and sitting on their ass doing nothing, which is, mm -hmm. which couldn't be further from the truth. These guys are right. working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. Right, right. So nice to have you on the show today. I appreciate your time. And oh, it's, my pleasure. Um, I, I love talking to people with diverse backgrounds and like culture, but then also financial stuff, you know, just the different stuff that you've mm -hmm. done there too. And Certainly, I wish you the best. Hopefully, I will see you on a uh, Netflix comedy special or an HBO comedy special, right? I'm going to see you on the big screen, so to speak, now, on demand. 
<laughs> right? Yes, it, it will happen soon. I love it. I love it. Well, when you when you launch, let us know. Come back on, and we'll promote the uh, special uh, that you're doing. I I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a bit of your life with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so so much. Thank I you. I really appreciate you having me. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E vibe, B-I-B-E dot com. Thank you for listening. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.